We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario, and I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And, you know, really, let's be honest with you. Can we get enough Freeman talk? I don't think so. Uh, Marcus Freeman is kind of the, the flavor of the day. And- I still am an offensive guy, and I do want to start talking a little bit more about the offense, which is why we talked about the receivers. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll. Uh, w- I, I think that this is still an interesting topic, obviously, and and Absolutely. it's a because it's the most unknown topic that right. we have is you know what is Marcus Freeman's defense going to look like in Notre Dame, and then of course today. We're going to talk about what that means for the Notre Dame linebackers. Yes, and that is where we are headed today. And and it, and it does involve a little bit of speculation on our part, and I want to make sure that we say that up front. Um, but we, we want to look at the linebacker position and what that might look like mm-hmm. under the Marcus Freeman uh, regime on defense mm-hmm. and how it's similar to what Notre Dame was doing at the linebacker position and, and the differences that you will see. Uh, so we're going to compare and contrast mm-hmm. – and then we're going to predict um, kind of what, you know, this current depth chart uh, that Notre Dame has, what that might look like in a Marcus Freeman defense. So mm-hmm. that's the plan for today. Um, and, and again, we're speculating. So are, are they going to project three, three? Is more of what we're, what okay. we're doing. I think so that's a better I, way of saying it. Yeah. 
yeah, is, is Marcus Freeman going to run a three three five? Is he going to mm-hmm. run a four three? Is he, you know, what is he going to four, run? Two, five, right, right. There's there's a lot of uh, different ways he can go about it. He, he we might see multiple in a game. Obviously, that's one of the right. things that we like about Marcus Freeman. But right. the the key here is, and I'll let you explain this. The defense uh, for Marcus Freeman is more of a linebacker-driven defense right. versus what Notre Dame has done in the past uh, under Clark Lee. Right, and it, it's not a dramatic difference. But, you know, as we, as we said in the past, the safety's got a lot put on their plate at Notre Dame. And and they're still going to have to be important players in the Marcus Freeman defense, but there's a lot more asked of the linebackers in this right. defense. And, and I would even say, despite the fact that I don't think their linebackers were necessarily their best players, but it's just, you know, he's the linebacker coach. And, sure. and I think he uses them as weapons a lot more. I think they're their success against the run is heavily dependent on the play of the linebackers being gap disciplined, being aggressive. Uh, You know, the, the defensive line will, will eat up space, but in a aggressive shooting kind of way. And if the defensive line can make plays, they want them to to make plays, but you know, the linebackers really have to be a key part of this because you're to really defend modern offenses, especially the really up tempo RPO based offenses. Your linebackers have to be able to come downhill and rush just as effectively as they can drop into coverage and make plays against the pass. And when Notre Dame's linebackers were good doing both, the defense was outstanding. When their linebackers struggled a little bit with some of those areas, and you look at the touch, I think it was the second touchdown pass Alabama had on Notre Dame. It was a, a play where their Mike linebacker just didn't recognize a tight end drag and just turned it loose. You know, so there was some inconsistency there, but I think overall, I think Notre Dame's linebacker depth chart, what's coming back, is 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 going to fit well into what Marcus Freeman does with the linebackers, and I think in some areas guys are going to fit even better yeah. into what it's doing, and yeah. in some areas guys aren't going to fit in quite as well. So, uh, but I also think Marcus Freeman's a good enough football coach that he's not going to say, "Well, this is what we do." Okay. And if we don't have anybody that fits it, then we're just going to struggle there. You know, he's he's going to make the necessary adjustments to make sure that what they're calling and what they're going with is going to fit uh, what the personnel's best at. And, and so I think the interesting thing is, you know, what is the battles going to look like? I mean, you've yeah, got a yeah, new defensive yeah. coordinator and a new linebackers coach. How does that mean Drew White is locked, still locked into a starting job? Is does is that potentially that maybe Drew White and Bo Bauer both start, depending on what happens at at, at the, the weak side linebacker position? But uh, it's going to make for an interesting spring, and and I would imagine that he's going to say, look everybody's new everybody's a first year player in my defense and so right uh you know may the may the best man win and 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 they did use a decent rotation not a not a heavy rotation but they did play multiple guys uh and the production there was was really outstanding but like i said there's going to be a lot asked of the linebackers in this defense well and and you and i had speculated a little bit uh during preseason before the 2020 uh year that you know, having Bo Bauer and um, um, gosh, why now? Drew White, <laughs> thank you, uh, and Drew White on the field at the same time is not a bad move, right. uh, especially considering what we ended up getting from the Buck linebacker position. Right. I really think they probably should have gone to that at some yeah. point during the season. Of course, they didn't, but because it is a little bit of a limited pass defense combination. I That's agree the with problem. You. Yeah, and I get that. Yeah. I I do get that. Like I said that. The lack of production from Buck, though, was – I feel like you could have put anybody else there and you might have had some more production. But that's well, another 
conversation. Yeah. But there were guys there that could have played that position better than the guy that started there. And there and you that, go. It was that, a that's stubbornness and an unwillingness to put somebody yes. else on the field. But that's a, like I said, that's right. a different conversation that no longer is relevant mm-hmm. because that guy is now the head coach in the SEC. And and so that's why having a new guy as a position coach and as the coordinator excites me uh, because I think you get some potential combinations that you might, we might not have seen. Um, and, and, I, and that, that is intriguing to me. It, it's why, for example, I have people come in, uh, to evaluate my tryouts who haven't been at all the preseason work because I, I look as a coach, mm-hmm. I kind of get tunnel visioned as to what my guys can do, right? This guy can do this. This guy can mm-hmm. do this. This is where this guy needs to be. I like having those fresh opinions from people and, and that's mm-hmm. what you're going to get with Marcus Freeman coming in, he's watched film on these guys. Right. He hasn't seen them practice. He hasn't seen them in the weight room. He hasn't seen, you know, it's a fresh perspective, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on these guys. And so that's the part that I really find intriguing with a coaching change and a, and a philosophy change. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the schematics aren't going to be drastically different. Right. Um, the, they're the not eyes making on a, them are they're not making a huge philosophical change where all of a sudden yeah. they're running a three four and they're looking right. for a manti a couple manti tails to play in the middle of the defense. Exactly. It's not that kind of change. There's going to be some emphasis changes. Sure. There's going to be some play calling changes. There's sure. going to be some some fit changes, but it's not it's not an overhaul of the defense. And I think that is important. Yes, I because agree. the personnel will fit. Yes, it's it just it may not be the same personnel that fit previously. Meaning, like we may not see the the projected starters that we might have seen if Clark Lee were still the the defensive coordinator, but it it, it is a group that will fit and mm-hmm. and so it's not like you know take a guy like Osita Ekwanu right who who hasn't really played yet you know it's not like a situation where he was recruited to play in a d- defense that no longer really suits his skills. If anything, I think this defense actually suits his skills better. Right, you know, gives him more flexibility. So we'll, we'll kind of get into some yeah. of that here. Uh, and as, as we kind of kick it off, let's just kind of start, Vince. And, and we talked a little bit about it when we did, um, you know, when we did some of our when we did some of our initial analysis the of, you, yeah, you know, their their defense. So let's just kind of take a look at just this is a base look that you're going to see a lot from, uh, you know, Marcus Freeman's defense. And this is going to be true whether it's a four two five or whether it's a three three five. You know, the only thing that would change is this doesn't change when they go to a four down. Right. This doesn't change, and that guy doesn't change. Occasionally, they'll take this guy out and just have those two, the weak side linebacker and the SLB, which is essentially what Notre Dame's rover is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is their basic, you know, sort of alignment. This guy will stack here at times. This guy will stack here at times. But, you know, basically that is kind of – that is who they are, Right. Um, this these were bigger guys. That's the interesting thing. They were much bigger at linebacker inside than Notre Dame was, and, and I don't know if that's necessarily desired, uh, but that's what they went to. This this is their Mike linebacker. He was 6'3", 235, certainly bigger than Drew White is. Uh, their weak side linebacker, this is Darian Beavers. He was 6'3", 242, wow. and, and so these are bigger dudes, uh, and, and this guy was built more like a safety. This is Jarrell White. He was 5'10", 205. Now the two backups were 6'2", 220, 6'2", 218. So I think they like a, a bigger body type. But like I said, this is who was the best player at that position. And yeah. so this is a base – this is a second down play, I believe, uh, against Central Florida, UCF. And this is what you see a lot, you know, as far as how these linebackers are used. Now what they do post-snap is going to change a lot. And they'll walk around and they'll show different looks. But this is the base look of – 
of what it is. And so it's not a whole lot different as you, you know, from what Notre Dame does. The one thing I did notice that was different the last couple of years with Jarrell White is the strong side linebacker uh, is he plays off the ball a lot more like this. Whereas for Notre Dame, you'd have Jeremiah Wusu out here. Okay. Kind of playing over the slot because this is the number two receiver because it's such a wide alignment. You know, occasionally he'll, you know, he'll play in between two, but I mean, you'll see him off the ball a lot more in between a lot more with the nickel down because now in a three, three, five, and this is where this is the position that it could impact Vince is in a three down, you now have an extra guy on the back end of the defense, right? So, you know, where at Notre Dame, they're four, two, five, this guy's part of the five, you know what I mean? At, at with in, in a three, right. three, five, this guy's part of the three. And he's, he's part not of the, part of the five. In other words, he's part of the box. Right. And even well, though he's he's not yeah. – he, right, that's what I'm saying. Even though he's not directly, you know, behind the tackle or, you know, head up on a guard, et cetera, right. he can very easily right. get in that box real fast and right. be a box player. Right, exactly. And so that's kind of – that's kind of – you know, when, when you look at this, Vince, that's one of those things that that you'll notice about this defense is because in a 3-3-5 – what the advantage to a three three five is, and I've kind of come around to being more open to running a three three five um, than I was previously because he runs it so different. Mm-hmm. You know, he runs it with the thought of being physical, being able to stop the run. You know, but also having enough skill to defend the pass. And when you look at Notre Dame's schedule the next couple of years, there's a lot of teams are going to be spreading it out and, and running the ball, but also going to throw it a bunch. And so, how do you match up best with that? Is is really a, a personnel grouping with seven defensive linemen slash linebackers really the best way to match up sure. week after week after week? So you have to ask yourself, should we base out of a four-down front that we can then go to a 3-3-5 against some of those more up-tempo spread type of fast teams? Or do we start at a 3-3-5 base, and then when we play a team that's more maybe a Stanford, a more pro-style team, we then adjust that week and put a fourth guy down? We're, you're already going to have the four down as part of what you do, but which one becomes the greater emphasis? And part of this is going to be de- determined by Notre Dame looking at their schedule the next couple of years and saying, you know, based on who we play, is it better suited for us to be a four down team or a three down team? And I think that's going to be the biggest determining factor. And I think the only player that really gets greatly uh, impacted by that decision is going to be that SLB, which they call, you know, it's a strong side linebacker, Sam linebacker, which is basically what Notre Dame's Rover was. Uh, I think they've called it star in the past is what I think they've called it in the past. Okay. Um, but I'm just going off what the depth chart in 2020 said, and that's what they called it on the depth chart in 2020. So strong side, strong they just said linebacker. SLB, SLB, oh, okay. MLB, WLB. Yeah. So they went traditional Sam strong side, Mike yeah. or middle, you know, weak side. Will I haven't, I haven't heard thing. Sam, Mike, Will in a really long yeah, time. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of what they went with, and, and that's kind of how it goes. So, so that's the interesting thing is if you go with a three three five, you now have a fifth DB on the field that's not the rover, which right. now gives you more flexibility on what you can do with that guy. You can walk him up off the edge and really have a six-man box. You can go with a true three-three stack and bring him in the box. You can have him out in the window, which then he becomes an alley player. He's going to kind of you know, do you really want to throw these slants route, slant routes right here? Do you really want to throw these perimeter screens? Because we have now have an extra guy out here where the numbers uh, are better for us. At the same time, that now puts the will in a tougher coverage spot. So he's now going to be isolated more uh, because he may not have as much safety help to that side since the safety is going to be down in the rovers inside a lot. You know, so there's just a lot of different things to consider. 
um, about different stresses that it's going to put on certain players doesn't make it better or worse. It's just sure. different. Yeah. And then, right. so it's going to be within that, you know, how are you finding, you know, how are you finding who fits, who best fits in that look? And that's going to be the interesting part of what they do. Uh, so that, I mean, that those are things that we're going to have to find out and see what Marcus Freeman is going to do moving forward. Yeah, no question. And I, you kind of compared it to Notre Dame. I didn't know if you wanted to go any deeper into the comparison of alignment for Notre Dame or um, do we want to move into production? Uh, Let's kind of move into the usage and the production. I, okay. I think alignment-wise, Vince, I don't think there's a ton of difference, to I don't be think honest so. with you. I don't think so either. You, you mentioned the yeah. difference between where the SLB and the Rover kind yeah. of line up. With, you know, But that was yeah. – I mean, that's Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Right. Not now, necessarily the Rover, if that makes sense. Yeah. What it, what it does for Notre Dame's linebackers is if they're in a three-down front, it just how they're fitting is going to be different. You yeah. know, whereas opposed to, you know, your mic, you don't have a three technique and a nose you're worried about anymore. If you're a if you're that will and you're reading flow away, you know, you, you your your gap may be your response may be different. Your insertion point may be different because there's just that nose inside or, you know, your 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 backside help is now coming from a five technique, five technique being you're lined up outside the tackle where Notre Dame's base defense that that buck, which is the will had a five technique. Unless there's a tight end, then it'd be a you know seven technique or a nine technique. But they had that three technique, which is the defensive tackle, which means outside shoulder of the guard. Um, so now you had that that defensive end kind of protecting backside, and then you had that three technique kind of squeezing, and then you had a nose. Well, now it's you got that five technique and a nose. Well, that five technique is going to have to protect backside a little bit. So, uh, or maybe you're going to smash the inside or the defensive end inside, and now that buck has to be the guy that protects the backside. So. Those things are going to be different. That's where they're going to have to make some adjustments if they go, and they're going to do some three three five. I mean, they're that may not be their base, but it's going to be a part of what they do. I don't just, yeah. I just don't see Marcus Freeman abandoning that. I don't see the sense in, in completely abandoning that when you consider that Notre Dame is going to have to play Clemson, North Carolina, Ohio State. You know, teams that are are going to want to throw the ball around a lot these next couple seasons. And and then of course if they want to win on the big stage, you got to beat those teams. You got to beat Oklahoma, you got to beat Alabama, teams like to throw the football. Right. So I don't think a band We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed it would be would make a lot of sense but i mean if you don't want it to be your base there's some validity to that as well so they're gonna do it 
So it's going to teach some new eye discipline, some new assignment yeah. situations. We're pro- we, we might see the offensive line maybe – or the offense maybe rip off a few more big runs in the spring or hear about the offense ripping off a few more big runs as the linebackers get used to the difference in fitting behind a 3-3 three, three defense – three or three-down sure. defense. But as yep. far as where they line up, it doesn't really alter where they line up a whole lot. Gotcha. Uh, it doesn't necessarily even alter the desired skills to a degree – but it will a little, and, and we will talk a little bit about that as we kind of shift into the usage conversation. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So let, let's talk about, you know, because uh, you said alignment isn't all that different. Uh, but we also said that Marcus Freeman's defense, or the, uh, excuse me, the linebackers, mm-hmm. uh, it's much more of a linebacker driven defense. So right. uh, let's get a comparison up about what Notre Dame's linebackers did versus what Cincinnati's linebackers uh, did. Yeah, and there's two ways to look at that. One is how they're used, and second is how how much production they had and how dependent was the defense on the production. Yes. Uh, so when, when we start with the usage, so basically this is taking the, the comparisons of similar positions, right? So for Notre right. Dame, the Rover, the Mike, and the Buck, and then for, uh, for um, Cincinnati, it's the SLB, the MLB, the weak side, WLB, right? Yep. So run run plays and run plays. Now, the interesting thing is Notre Dame played two more games as Cincinnati, but the number of snaps were about the same. Oh, interesting. Because, okay. because Cincinnati's playing in the American Athletic Conference where it's a bunch of offenses that run a, want to run a lot of plays. Yeah. Cincinnati's own offense wasn't in the mode of Notre Dame where they just wanted to you know, limit possessions. That's not who they were. So uh, they actually ran a very similar number of snaps to Notre Dame. So I didn't feel like I needed to alter the projections. The numbers really came out almost even in in the total number of snaps. So for example, last year, the Rovers were on the field for 747 snaps or 741 snaps for Notre Dame, uh, the combined snaps. And then uh, for the SLB, it was 747. And Mike, it was 625 for Cincinnati, 735 for Notre Dame. And then a buck, it was the opposite. Notre Dame had 632 combined snaps out of the buck, probably about 660, 670 if you added Jack Kaiser or Jack Lamb in there. And uh, Cincinnati had 762 out of their weak side linebacker. So what that means is they would sub their buck out or Mike out, whereas Notre Dame would would take their buck out right, at times. Right. You know, so when Notre Dame went to third down, they would a lot of times take their buck out and put in Bo Bauer. Take out their worst player. Shocker. Right. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> so you're still on that, man. I'm, I'm kind of fiery today. Um, I yeah, I, I love it. So, <laughs> so, so this is kind of a, a usage thing. So essentially what this stands is these are the number of plays that in a passing situation. So a, a rundown is a rundown, right? Everybody's playing the run. Nobody's like dropping into coverage when sure. it's a run play, right? So those don't really matter. The, the interesting thing is what do you do when it's a pass play? 
How often do you blitz compared to another defense? How often do you uh, uh, drop in coverage? You know, and I think when you look at the rover, it's very similar. I mean, these numbers here at the rover position compared to the strong side linebacker, very similar. So as you can see, the Notre Dame rover was on the field a little bit more uh, in, in here compared to this. But in even in less reps, you had three more rushes. So this is all from, from, from pro football focus. Uh, pro football focus tells you, you know, per snap, whether they were rushed in coverage, uh, rushing the quarterback or uh, playing the run. So you'll see here, even with a smaller, not as dynamic player, Cincinnati still had a little bit more uh, aggressiveness with how they used this player, where you see a big jump in aggressiveness. But I think, I, I'll say this, I did think Clark Lee did a much, he used it, I, I'll bet you if we went back and looked at, and I should have done this before the show, uh, and looked at how much the rover was used as a blitzer pre-Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, I bet you this number would go down. This number yeah. right here would go down because uh, it wasn't used as much. It was That right. was Clark Lee saying, hey, we've got a great athlete who can really put some pressure on the defense. Let's take advantage of it because, you know, he was a really good coach. And that's what smart coaches do. They use their top players and they build around what those guys can do. Shocker. The big difference here is right here. Yep. Look at this pressure and usage inside compared to what Notre Dame did. Much more aggressiveness as far as getting after the quarterback here, which is needed when you're in a three-down front. Right. So essentially what this means is, for the inside linebackers, is they're always almost always going to bring four rushers. In a four-down defense, yeah, right. Right. Four defense, that's going to be a defensive lineman, right? right? If they go to a 3-3-5, three, three, that means you're going to need to have being able to rush the quarterback as a skill that is required of whoever plays for you. That is where you could maybe see some differences in who's going to be the starter or who's going to play more come into play. Sure. Sure. So if there's a, if the, you know, if things are close between two players, but one guy and you know, there's a run defender and it's a cover player, but one guy's much better at rushing the quarterback, then, then that could be an impact. And that's why I think losing Jack lamb could, could hurts Notre Dame. In my uh, opinion, yeah, because I think he's the one guy at, at at Buck that has the combination of size that Freeman likes, that has the range athletically that Freeman likes, that can cover the way Freeman likes, but also can rush the passer the way mm -hmm. that Freeman likes. You know, so um, you, you look at that and say that's going to be interesting to see how that position pans out because as you see here, Notre Dame did not really use that position much to rush the quarterback, right? Um, and when they did, it was usually on third down, so. Uh, really, really going to be interesting to see this. And and the mic, the mic usage didn't surprise me when you watch the film, but it surprises you when you look at like the body type, right? Like yeah. that guy would not be playing for Notre Dame with all due respect to Joel DeBlanco. He would not be playing in Notre Dame. Bo Bauer and Drew White would both be over him, but they still used him aggressively. What's he going to do with Drew White and, and, and Bo Bauer? That's going to be an interesting thing to see. Uh, is it less aggressive? Is it more aggressive? You know, does he use their athleticism? And what I mean sure. by less aggressive is if you have a more athletic player, you don't necessarily have to blitz him as much because you can just kind of let his natural read and reaction skills make more plays. If you have a guy who's less athletic, you need to give him a little bit of a head start. <laughs> and that's what a blitz is. Sure. You know, so those are things that factor into whether or not you're going to utilize more pressures. And so, you know, and then obviously the same thing happens in the run game, Vince, whereas, you know, if you are – if you are um, in a situation where you're in a three down front, you're going to see a lot more run stunts from the linebackers too, because again, you need to insert those players more to make sure that you're fitting all the gaps and being a little bit more aggressive and, and not letting the line just kind of get free releases to the second level. Right. 
So I think those are areas where you're going to see more usage. So having a linebackers that are able to attack the line of scrimmage aggressively and effectively is the one big difference that you're going to see. Clark Lee didn't need that in his defense. If he had it, he took advantage of it, but he didn't need it. And we saw that in 2018 with, with Drew Tranquil and Tr Tavon Coney. They did not attack like with a lot of run stunts because they were so instinctive and smart veteran players. They just kind of read, react, flow to the ball, and the defense was geared towards funneling everything back inside. It's back to that last conversation of spill versus force. When they had right. Tavon Coney and, and, um, and Drew Tranquil, they wanted to use the rover, the corners, and the ends to flow everything back to the linebackers and just let mm. those linebackers clean stuff up, right? This defense is a little bit more of a spill defense, or at least it has been where it's like, you know, if it's off tackle or outside, we want to force it to the perimeter. And then, you know? and then gang it up. Right. So will that be the same? Or will he make the adjustment to say, hey, I, I, we got really rangy linebackers. Let's funnel everything back into them. So that's another thing that we're going to need to see. And and it you don't you're not you don't necessarily marry it into one. You, right. It's more about what our person. If you're a three three five and you've got all those extra perimeter players, yeah, that's where your numbers are good. So sure. that's that's where our our rangy athletes are. Uh, if you're a four two five, you're a little different. You don't you don't um, want yeah. guys to get outside because you have one less defender on the perimeter than a three three five team does. So that, yeah. it's that's the difference where that decision could could force them to change whether we want to be more of a spill team or more of a force team. And I guess what worries me about pushing guys outside when you're at Notre Dame is you're going up against competition that's a little bit different than at Cincinnati. Just in that there's some more explosive type athletes that if they get out on the edge, they can make some things happen that can be bad uh but i also mm -hmm. understand your point that if you're in a three three five that's where you've got numbers and of course you want to go to where right. you've got the numbers i get that too yeah. so it is going to see what that balancing act is yeah um because they're you know they're going to yeah. face off with some teams that have some dudes in the backfield i would also argue that marcus freeman is going to have more dudes at notre dame than he had at cincinnati i, I think it's fair, relative yeah. you know it, when you say well he's going to face better athletes what well, true but he's going to have better athletes to face those better okay. athletes with yeah. so so that's but that's the thing he has to figure out is is there a gap and, and that's why i say you look at that schedule and say okay uh in, in in the aac they made the decision they were a four down defense when he him and luke fickle fickle i I've heard different ways, so go whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it to each time. I'm gonna say fickle <laughs> this time. All right. Um, but when they first got to Cincinnati, they were a four down defense, and they were four down based on that's kind of who they had been. And but they looked at the schedule and said four down doesn't give us the best chance to match up personnel wise with sure. who we're facing week after. So that's what's going to go into this decision is them studying their opponents. But you know, you think USC is an air raid team. Well, three three five is yeah. a, the way that Marcus Freeman runs. It's a great yeah. defense to have against the air raid. Who doesn't want to run the football? Absolutely. You know, you look at North Carolina. Three three five could work really well against North Carolina. Against Clemson, there's some advantages to it. So, and then we saw against Georgia when Cincinnati faced Georgia that it was very easy for them to transition into a four Down. two five or yeah. even a four three yeah. defense against them. So. I'm I'm interested to see what they do, but you know I think that that's the the rub is okay. Yeah, they're facing better competition, but you know Cincinnati didn't have a whole lot of you know Jeremiah Wusus and Prince Collies and and Osita Iguanus and and Jack Kaisers and Maris Luafals on their roster either. Yeah, so yeah. that's the that's the thing Good that point. you got to figure out. But you know they may be athletic, but are they better run defenders? Are they better cover guys? Are they better blitzers? Those are the things that Marcus Freeman's going to have to figure out. As he gets into it, but but the other thing too is it, to kind of back up Vince. If if we can kind of get back uh, to to what we were discussing earlier, uh, 
the production aspect of it. Yeah. You know, the dependency upon production. And, and I think you see here, Notre Dame, like right here, Rover, from a disruption standpoint, Cincinnati can match uh, what Notre Dame did last year and, and exceeded it. When you can, especially when you consider who Notre Dame had here, that's an impressive thing. Two things factor into that, however. Okay. Number one, teams were not trying to avoid Jarrell White nice. and the other Rovers or the Sam linebackers. Teams purposely avoided Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. So that's why you're going to see this number be a little bit different, right? And this number be a little bit different. This is the one that was interesting, however. But again, I want to point out uh, that part of the reason that you can do more of this pressuring with your Rover as Sam linebacker is because you now have an extra defensive back outside to protect the perimeter if you blitz him. Right. So that's something to think about too. Yep. Um, inside, obviously Notre Dame had a lot more production at Mike, which isn't surprising. They had better players. And as we saw from a snap standpoint, the Mike linebackers at Cincinnati, the right. Yeah. They were on the field, 625 snaps. Notre Dame's Mike linebackers are on the field, 735 snaps. And yeah. when you consider the Bo Bauer was a nickel or you know one of their nickel players that adds to it as well. But so I, I think you could see some jump in production here. This production was a was was similar. I think that that Cincinnati's coverage was much better at that position than what Notre Dame had. Uh, but run game production was similar. But this was from four guys. This was really from two. So that that was one difference as well, where you have to add some of this production right here for Notre Dame was on special teams. And and it was hard for me to kind of figure out what were special teams tackles and what yeah. so these numbers yeah. aren't even as cuz you know a lot of those guys played special teams. So um right. that is something that I think the the gap in production at Buck compared to the Will linebacker is a pretty big difference. Uh you know, but but uh and, and some of the top production that Notre Dame had came from guys who weren't regular players. Sure. You know. So that is a position that I'm curious to see how that pans out but when you add these together Notre Dame clearly had uh, a lot more production inside than Cincinnati had against the run but Cincinnati had four and a half sacks compared to Notre Dame's three inside so I think that fits back to when we showed earlier that that ability to or willingness to to blitz that guy you're going to get more pass rushing opportunities when you have to insert or you choose to insert a linebacker as that fourth rusher more right. often so yeah. So those are the things that you really have to take into account when when looking at who's going to play and who fits where. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you're going to see – basically, bottom line is you're going to see more active linebacker play. I mean – if, if, if they go with a 3-3-5. Three, 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 I'm not sure. You need to bring it yeah. Four. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to see a whole lot different if they go to a 4-2-5, if they stay with a 4-2-5. Okay. I'm, 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 okay. Or if they go to like a 3-4 a, a look where – Instead of yeah, because I could even see them going with a three-four look where you have the three down linemen, you have the same three linebackers, but you now have a fourth slash hybrid end outside linebacker type of guy sure. that's a stand-up a lot. You know, I could even see something like that, you know, uh, where it's sort of like a drop end position. Uh that might be easy to adopt for for Marcus Freeman. So there's a lot of a lot of possibilities, but okay. I think the three three is the one where you're definitely, I can say confidently, you're going to see a lot more downhill from the Notre Dame linebackers yes. in that look. I don't know, and this is literally not saying it's going to happen, more of a literally I don't know 
if we'll see as much of that in a a four two five look because now when you insert a linebacker you have five guys you're now one one less guy in coverage whereas now when you're inserting a linebacker that's the fourth guy there's still seven guys in coverage so right. um that that's that's that, that remain i guess saying um i don't know if we're going to see it is maybe uh confusing uh it remains to be seen what we will see uh if they choose to go with a four down look from the linebackers well, let's let's quickly go through the Notre Dame depth chart and where you see uh, the guys that are currently on the roster mm-hmm. fitting in. Are they going to stay where they're at? Or do you think do you see them moving around? Like, what kind of combinations do you yeah. see, or, or at least at each position, uh, where guys fit the best? Yeah. So some of these positions, it's going to be the same. I mean, you know, you're you're going to see Isaiah Pryor and Paul Mawala playing that that Sam linebacker slash rover yeah. position. Uh, you're going to see Bo Bauer is going to be a Mike. I mean, that's not going to change. Yeah. Shane Shane Simon is a guy that I'm curious to see what they do with him. And part of what they do with him is going to be determined by what they do with Drew White. Uh, is Drew White maybe a guy that can play the will in this defense? Sure, I'd be curious to see that. I could see a scenario in which, as you and I talked about, because you're going to be inset, inserting your linebackers more, because now a double inside linebacker stunt doesn't expose you as badly as as it did in a four-two-five, where now you've got six guys coming. Maybe you can drop your end, but it, it just it left them in a, a more challenging situation where you can be more aggressive with both your inside guys. Um, you can you have a little bit more protection and coverage now because you have a fifth true defensive back back there. So I could see that potentially being a scenario w- in which they go with that. So I, I you know I, I think that's cur- I think one thing they have to do, however, one of the Bucks, either Marist. Or uh, Jack Kaiser, I'd prefer Jack Kaiser needs to move to the strong side to the the that rover spot. I think that um, with the intention of giving him a legitimate chance to compete for the starting job. Yeah. Number one, Paul Mawal is coming off an Achilles injury, yes. and and those are those are more damaging. Those are more challenging for guys coming back to get their full range of motion, mobility, and explosiveness back than a knee injury is now. Sure. So, and that happened like three games into the season and the season started late, which means it was much deeper into the season than it might've seemed otherwise playing in the third game. I think it was October when that happened. So there's some uncertainty there of how, of, of him, uh, Isaiah Pryor. I don't know if, if he's done anything that makes you say, yep, he's definitely the guy. Right. Um, I think that one of those, honestly, yeah. if he, if, Guy. And I, I don't know that I have a whole lot of basis for that. It's just the fact that he they they moved in positions. Right. He, he good on special teams. I just don't know that I'm prepared to be excited about him being a starter. Yeah, I'm curious to see what he can do this spring and in fall sure. camp. But to your point, no, I'm I'm not not putting competition out there. And I think Jack Kaiser to me would make a lot of sense. I don't know I if I want Jack Kaiser playing inside all the time. I just, okay. especially now in a defense where we have one less lineman protecting him. I don't know if he's just too small he's got a perfect rover frame and he can flat out run i think one of the things people don't appreciate about jack kaiser is he is very athletic and so i don't think playing a rover would have would be any issue for him now what i don't know is is he comfortable playing in space as a linebacker i don't know but the kid was a free safety in high school and was a phenomenal free safety in high school and uh, was a big part of why he won the Mr. Football Award, despite playing 1A football in Indiana. I think that was the first time ever, Vince, that you had a 1A so. kid win Mr. Football. Um, and so uh, tremendous, tremendous talent and athlete. And I just think this this defense, he's the guy to me that if I had to say, if you had to pick one linebacker that's going to benefit most from this transition, 
it'd be Jack Kaiser yes. if they move yes. him outside. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And yep. so, so then you got to find out, you know, Shane Simon to me is more of a Mike, but he, you know, Clark Lee kept playing him at buck. Uh, I'd be curious to see if they're going to leave him at Mike or, or buck and let him take a chance. I don't know if you can do that because you need a, a rangier, better cover player at that position. Uh, but maybe he, the light goes on. Maybe the Marcus Freeman defense yeah. sinks into him more. I mean, he's at, he's got all the physical tools. It, it's, it's up here, the instincts, the mental part, the read and react and just attack. Um, Osita Equano is another guy that I'm really curious to see how they utilize him because he's very athletic, very physical, very rangy. You know, does he fit mm-hmm. into that buck position? You know, is he, is he going to be suited to, to challenge there? Uh, so, so those are some of the guys that I'm curious to see how they fit. Uh, I would personally move Jack Kaiser out to Rover. Uh, the, the, you know, I'm just going to use the name terminology for now. I would let Marist and Shane Simon battle it out at the at the weak side position, unless you feel you need to get Bo Bauer and Drew White on the field together. I personally would not, because I think that that would be a good alignment against the teams that re- are run heavy. But if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm going to do some really interesting things with my tight ends and running backs if you're going to throw Drew White and Bo Bauer at me on a consistent basis. I just feel like that puts Notre Dame in some some tougher pass game matchups against some of the better teams on the schedule. So I would have those two guys at Mike, and I would just allow them to, to play together. And I think there are certainly scenarios in which they can play together, you know, short yardage, goal line, uh, teams that are run heavy, but I would I would give Marist every opportunity to win that buck job because I think his skill set is really well suited for that. Um, I think he's also thin, but he can better handle the physicality of it than than Jack Kaiser can, who just tends to get overwhelmed because Marist is so long. Where mm-hmm. Jack's not a super long kid, you know, where at least not long in the standpoint of you want him taking on guards all day. You know, whereas I think Maris is better suited for that. He's skinny, but he's got really impressive punch and power for a skinnier guy. So um, I would l- give him every chance in the world to beat out Shane Simon. And if Shane Simon does start, then that means he had to play really well in order to do it. So great. Uh, and yeah. then I also want to see uh, what Osita does. Like I said, and Prince Collie, the incoming freshman. Yeah. Rover was the position for him. I really like him at this new weak side linebacker position. I would almost say just move him now. I yeah. mean, don't even don't even do the Rover movement. Just move him now because I think he's a guy that very early in his career has the athleticism, the downhill ability, the physicality, and the coverage ability to be a star at that position. So uh, th- that's kind of where I would go with it. How that would, and if I had to project a starting lineup, it would be Jack Kaiser. Uh, Drew White and Marist would be my projected starting lineup. But Bo Bauer, Shane Simon, and Isaiah Pryor are certainly not going to go down uh, without a fight. That makes a lot of sense. I, I'm excited to see it. I hope we get an opportunity to see it in the spring. Yes, I realize that's a pipe dream. I'm going <laughs> to keep wishing upon a star that we get a chance to see some of this uh, in person in the spring in about, what, a month and a half? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe two months? So, um, so yeah, that, I'm excited about that. But uh, stay tuned, folks, because we're going to have more breaking down the uh, the Marcus Freeman defense, um, and we're going to go more to the offensive side to make my partner uh, and myself, let's be honest, uh, happy because we're both offensive guys and we love talking about the offense. But uh, we got a fun one for you tomorrow, and it is an offensive one, and uh, we'll get into more detail uh, in that podcast and over on YouTube. So make sure you stay locked in to irishbreakdown.com. Got some great stuff going on over there. 
Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Where is it, Brian? Point it out. It's right about here in this yeah, corner right there. There you go. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to us on a podcast, make sure you subscribe there as well. Uh, rate, review, whatever you feel like doing. But uh, until we talk to you next time, that's Brian Driscoll. I'm Vince D'Addario, and you've been listening to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.